You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. The maturity of every believer becoming Christ-like still needs to happen. All right, so Jesus makes available salvation for everyone. And when we believe and we embrace it, we are honored with that salvation that Jesus provided. But the maturity of every believer becoming like Christ still needs to happen. Salvation from Jesus is easily the best and most rewarding gift that one could possibly receive on earth. But where do we go after we receive our salvation? Well, in today's message, Pastor Dion's going to be talking about how things don't just stop after we're saved. Moving forward, we're called to grow and mature as Christians in the faith. And in doing so, we become more Christ-like. That's done through community, reading in His Word, and deliberate prayer. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Revelation chapter 1. As he begins his message, Jesus does more than save us. We also discussed, well, what is, if since God exists, what is he like? And we talked about that. Um, And one of the beautiful pictures of what God is like is in His Son, Jesus Christ. Everybody say His name, who? Jesus, right? Now, for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the person of Jesus. Now, Jesus was the second person in the triune Godhead. He has the same nature and character and attributes as God the Father. All right? Jesus is eternal. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. Jesus is sovereign. In fact, Jesus referred to Himself like this in the book of Revelation, chapter 1. He said that He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Read this line with me. The one who was and is and is to come the Almighty. Let's say it out loud. He is what? The Almighty. All right? Now, he said he was the Almighty in three different eras. The past, the present, and the future. Well, guys, it's interesting because the Bible breaks up human history in three eras. Now, there are several dispensations throughout the Bible, but only three eras that the Bible talks about. Past, which is actually from, uh, is the Old Testament from creation to Jesus' birth. That is the past. Everybody said the what? The past. Then there's the present, that is from Jesus' birth all the way to the rapture of the church. Has the rapture of the church taken place yet? Okay, so we're still in the present from the Bible's perspective. And then that third era from the Bible's perspective is the future, which is from the tribulation period after the rapture of the church all the way into eternity. 
And so what we heard Jesus say is that he is almighty. He's been almighty. He was almighty in the past. He is almighty in the present, and he will be almighty in the future. Isn't that awesome, right? So we're learning a little bit about Jesus. This particular verse, that's what it declared, that Jesus was almighty and in the past, he is in the present, he will be in the future. Now we learned about Jesus' role as almighty in the past, right, from creation to incarnation, because we found out that Jesus was there at creation. He was the designer, the builder. It was through his work that Jesus created the universe and the earth and everything about it. We also found out that Jesus was there throughout Old Testament history. Even though we don't see him physically, he was there. Jesus was seen in Abraham's day in the Old Testament as the lamb that was caught in the thicket or in the shrub. If you remember, the the Lord asked Abraham, Abraham, do you love me sincerely? And Abraham said, Lord, you know that I do. And the Lord said, well, I want you to do something for me. If you love me sincerely, I want you to give me your only son, the one I blessed you with in your old age. Now listen, before you get all weird about God is asking for his, his son, it was a test. Everybody said, what? It was a test of sincerity. Nevertheless, Abraham passed the test because he took his 21-year-old son up to Mount Moriah. He laid him on a rock and he said, trust me, trust me. Uh, And so he raised up the knife to plunge it into his son. And the Bible says that the Lord gave him a substitute. A ram got caught in the thicket in the brush. The angel of the Lord told Abraham, lower your knife. Now I know for a fact that you are sincere about your love for me and the lamb or the ram will be the substitute for your son. Isn't that awesome, guys? It was beautiful. It was Jesus in the Old Testament. He's seen as the ram caught in the shrub. Jesus was also seen in Moses' day as the Passover lamb. Jesus was seen in the wilderness wandering as the manna that came down from heaven and the water that gushed out of a rock. Jesus is seen in the Old Testament as the captain of the Lord's army in Joshua. Jesus was seen as the lamp of Gideon, as the ark that David danced before and sang. Jesus is seen in the Old Testament as as the subject of all of the Psalms and the topic of all of the Old Testament prophecies. And then, last but not least, but Jesus is seen inside of the fiery furnace with the three Hebrews who were thrown in there because they would not bow their knee to a foreign god. The king had thrown them into a fiery furnace and then when he went to go check if they had been consumed, he was surprised and he said, I see four men in the furnace and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Isn't that awesome, guys? So Jesus was seen all over. He's almighty in the past. Everybody said he's what? Almighty in the past. And then at the right time, God sent His Son, born of a woman, to redeem us. Say it out loud, God in a bod. Say it out loud, what? God in a bod. Now last week we began looking at Jesus' role as Almighty in the present. Because the past was from creation 
to the incarnation or Jesus' birth. All right. Now the present is from Jesus' birth all the way to the rapture of the church. And last week we started looking at Jesus being almighty in the present. Guys, we know, or at least we learned, that in this era of the present, Jesus came to show us the Father. Jesus came to teach us the truth. Jesus came to save us from eternal death. It was on the cross that Jesus made salvation available for all of us. That's a good place to cheer right there, right? Here's what we learned. That Jesus became our substitute. Jesus became our peace. He came to reconcile us to God. He Also on the cross, He provided our justification to forgive or erase our sins just as if we'd never sinned. Jesus also provided on the cross righteousness, right standing with God. Not with anything we have done, but by everything that He did on the cross, right? And there was that righteousness. Jesus also came to be our sanctification. In fact, when Jesus on the cross said these words, It is finished. Say it with me out loud. It is finished. That's what He meant. All of those things, being our substitute, being our peace, being our justification, being our righteousness, being our sanctification, all of that was paid for on the cross with His death when He surrendered His life and submitted Himself to the Father in that way. Can you say amen? Wow. We, look, look at your neighbor and say, we, got a, we, we hit the lottery there, right? Jesus brought us the winning ticket. He did. Now, Jesus died in our place uh, on Calvary for our sins, and then Jesus' body was buried in a borrowed grave. But Jesus had told them, he said, hey, it's just going to be for the weekend. I'm just going to borrow it just for the weekend, right? Because exactly the way Jesus said it, just as Jesus promised, Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving that he is almighty. Not just was almighty, but is almighty, right? Now, after Jesus' resurrection, because he resurrects from the dead, he spent 40 days with his disciples, and then he ascended to his Father. But what happened after the ascension? What is our almighty Jesus doing right now? Have you ever thought of it? Well, what is he doing? Well, guys, immediately after Jesus ascended, he was exalted. Say the word out loud. What? Exalted by the Father. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8, starting with verse 8, says this. But to the Son the Father said, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So when Jesus ascended, there was a coronation. God looked at Jesus and called him God and gave him the scepter of righteousness and the scepter to rule. And he said, sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool, which will happen in the future, right? 
He said, so, but he tells them that. Because at present, right now, Jesus has been, he was exalted in heaven. He is given the scepter of righteousness, the leadership of everything. And that's how he's exalted. Philippians 2.9 says this about that particular coronation. Therefore, God also highly exalted Jesus and gave him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isn't that awesome? So there's a God exalted. After the ascension, God exalts Jesus. There's the coronation. After Jesus' heavenly coronation, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. Now, do not misunderstand. Jesus sitting down doesn't imply that Jesus is retired. That now he is just having some R&R in heaven. No, no, no. Jesus sitting down tells us that the plan and sacrifice for our salvation is finished, all right? When it comes to our salvation, nothing else is needed. Jesus can sit down. Everybody say, no mas, no ma. No more is needed for our salvation. Jesus finished and accomplished it all. And when he went into heaven, and so he sits down at the right hand of the Father saying, all of that is available and done for every one of you. So look at your neighbor and say, hey, that's mine. That's mine, right? Now, salvation is done for us, but the maturity of every believer becoming Christ-like still needs to happen. All right, so Jesus makes available salvation for everyone. And when we believe and we embrace it, we are honored with that salvation that Jesus provided. But the maturity of every believer becoming like Christ still needs to happen. Kind of like one of the kids in kids' church, the way he put it, he said, I wish the Lord would make us gooder and gooder and gooder until there's no bad left, right? <laughs> well, that's exactly what Jesus wants to do to us. He wants to make us gooder, right? So look at your neighbor and say he wants to make you gooder. So here's what Jesus did. He got busy while he is seated in heaven, he got busy on our behalf, first of all, as a dispatch. Everybody say it out loud. What as a what? A dispatch. So Jesus gets to heaven. There's a big coronation. And then 10 days later, from being in heaven, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Guys, at which point the Holy Spirit started his present day ministry. So Jesus ascends to the Father. There is a coronation, a 10-day party. And then Jesus gets back to work, even though he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he dispatches the Holy Spirit. Why? So that the Holy Spirit can lead us from sinner to saint. Can lead us from justification to glorification. Like one pastor in the 1800s illustrated, he was teaching by the light of an oil lamp in an evening service when all of a sudden the oil ran out of the lamp and the wick burned dry and started to smoke, making the pastor cough. 
After he caught his breath, he told his congregation, he said, we are the light of the world. And when we try to shine for Jesus without the Holy Spirit oil, we stink. Look at your neighbor and say, isn't that the truth, right? So Jesus made sure to provide the fuel for our light by dispatching the Holy Spirit immediately so that we could have what we need to be more like Him. Isn't that awesome? Jesus then took on the role, here's what else what He's doing in heaven, in this present time. Jesus took on the role of our high priest in heaven, or here's a different word, as our what? Intercessor. Say it out loud, as our what? Intercessor. Now guys, the high priest in the Old Testament, like a pastor, talked to people about God, but then he talked to God about people. He would lift up their needs to him. Again, listen to how the pastor of Hebrews describes Jesus and what he's doing in heaven. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24. But he, talking about Jesus, holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost, everybody said, to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. So listen, it wasn't enough for Jesus to have provided salvation for us to save us. Oh no, he wants us to be saved to the uttermost. Look at your neighbor and say, saved to the uttermost. Who wants to be saved to the uttermost, right? Looking more and more like Jesus. Having the entirety of all of his blessings and his character and his attributes and his attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, you know you need it. Just look at him, right? Well, so here's what he does. Jesus goes to work and he's doing it right now in praying for us. Jesus is always praying to the Father on our behalf. He is our prayer warrior. Now, there are several people that gather here a couple of times a week and myself daily to pray for you guys, all right? But your biggest prayer warrior is not me and the people on the prayer team. Your biggest prayer warrior is the Lord Jesus Christ who at this very minute is praying that you be saved to the uttermost, right? It's awesome. Jesus is constantly lifting us up before the Father, asking for mercy on our behalf, asking for grace, asking for blessing, asking for strength, praying for us. A picture of that, if you remember, was during one of the Gospels where Jesus looks at Peter and tells Peter, Satan desires to have you, to sift you like wheat, to put you through the ringer, Satan's been asking to do that to you. But he said, but I have prayed that your faith does not fail. All right? So Jesus is praying. Can you say that? That your faith not, that you be saved to the uttermost. Now I want you to catch this. Jesus is not praying that you don't have any trials or temptations. Jesus is praying that you won't fail when you do. So the next time you're in the fire, know that Jesus has prayed and is praying for you. 
And let His prayers be the wind underneath your wings. Let His prayers be the encouragement. Have you ever gone through a struggle, a difficulty, a circumstance, and maybe you had kind of kept it to yourself, and then all of a sudden you stumble upon someone that says, you know what? I, I was praying for you the other morning. I don't know, I just, you just came into my mind or the Lord prompted me to pray for you. And at that moment, you just felt like, thank you, Lord. You felt so special. The Lord is doing the same for you all of the time so that your faith will not fail. Isn't that awesome? In fact, you know why we're here? Because He continues to pray for us, right? Awesome. All right, so Jesus prays for us. But here's something else Jesus does. He brings our prayers before the Father. So not only does Jesus pray for us, but He also brings our prayers before the Father and pleads on our behalf. Something else Jesus is doing in heaven. He is our, say the word, mediator. Say it again. Mediator. He is the one and only mediator between God and man. So he prays for us, but he's also the one who takes our prayers, our prayer need, and brings them before the Father, pleads to God on our behalf. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. How many mediators? One mediator, and it is the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all. So Jesus is the one who is taking our prayers and bringing them before the, the Father. And He is the only one that has access to the Father in that way. That's why praying to saints is ineffective. No one else can fill the role that Jesus does. Jesus is the only one with the keys to the Father, with access to the Father. Again, I remind you of Jesus' statement in John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And out loud with me, no one comes to the Father except through me and my mom. Except through me and no. Everybody said no. Through him. So. That's one of the reasons we have been told in the New Testament to pray in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one that can unlock heaven, can unlock help, and can unlock healing. He is the closer, closing the gap between us and God. So here's what he's doing. He's praying for us but he's also taking our prayers, our petitions, our needs, and he is presenting them and pleading them to the Father on our behalf as a mediator. As we cling to the You've been listening to Pastor Dion Cordova right here on The Simple Truth. In this series, Pastor Dion has been refreshing us all by bringing it all back to the simple basics of the faith. And when it comes back to the basics that everybody knows and takes for granted, there's one verse that's more quoted than any other in history, John 3.16. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Take a moment and bask in the glory of God's unending, unstoppable, unfiltered love for you. He loved you so much that he gave his Son for you. Have you said yes to him? If you haven't, here's your chance. Just tell him that you repent of all the wrong that you've done and that you believe in him. Make him Lord over your life today. It's the only response we can have to a love that's that big. If you made that decision today, would you let us know? Call us at 505-753-4363. Once again, that number is 505-753-4363. We want to celebrate with you. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. Are you in the area? Even better than a phone call, stop in and see us. We're here at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're so excited to meet you and have you join us for worship. You can find all the information you need at tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. We hope to see you soon. And we'll be back next time with more from The Simple Truth. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we